Well, good morning and welcome to Noah's Window. Several days ago, Mary Alice approached me with an idea for Noah's Window, at least this part of it. And her idea was we could talk about things that matter. You know, sometime back we were reading uh, an old sermon that I wrote a long time ago. Actually, I guess it's probably back, I'm, I don't know, I'm guessing 2013 to 14. I kind of lose track of time sometimes. But I did a series called Run, Forest, Run. <laughs> It was on the subject of happiness, and it was <clears throat> really an exposition of the book of Philippians that I love so much. And in the first chapter of Philippians, the Bible says, I want you to understand what really matters. This is Paul talking. I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Well, I, I don't really want to talk about that verse per se today, although it certainly would bear it would, it would certainly deserve discussion. But what's interesting about that is the Holy Spirit had Paul write, it's important for us to know what really matters so that until Jesus comes, we can live pure and blameless lives. Pure, of course, means, I guess, perhaps one of the best descriptions of what that word means. It means a life without debris, a life that's clean, a life that's, um, a life that's lived without impediment and certainly a life that's clean in God's sight. Blameless has to do with our relationship to other people. So what it simply means is we need to know what matters so that we won't hurt others. Isn't that interesting? The Holy Spirit had Paul write, I want you to understand what really matters so that you'll live a life without debris and a life that doesn't hurt others. So for the last few days, Mary Alice and I have been talking about just things that we've looked at from scripture and from life that we really believe matters a great deal. Today, I want to talk to you about one that I guess is pretty obvious. I mean, we hear this even from people who are not God followers, but especially true for those of us who follow Jesus and love the Word of God, and that is time matters. I don't want to get off on a discussion here, but it is interesting to me that time is something that God has given to this world. From what I can understand, uh, and of course, there's so much that we don't know about the universe and God before the world came into existence. But I don't see time as being part of heaven's existence before earth. And I really believe that after the millennial reign, that we'll be back on this eternal uh, template in which time is no longer part of the equation. But as long as we humans are on the planet, it seems that God has given us time as a way of measuring life. So I want to give you just uh, a couple of verses, one from the Old Testament from Psalms chapter 90, and then I want to give you another one from the New Testament in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, that I think helps us understand just how important time is. In the 90th Psalm in the 12th verse, the psalmist writes, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I love that translation. Uh, a paraphrase that just kind of takes it away from the word-for-word -word translation and just gives it to us in paraphrase uh, form, says, teach us to use wisely all the time that we have. But I, I want to go back to the word-for-word -word translation. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. <clears throat> when I think about numbering our days, I think about something that uh, went on in my life when I was in college, at least the first part of my college years. I worked at a men's clothing store in the mall. And this was long before the days of electronic inventory. And there was always a time of year, and I, didn't, I wasn't very fond of it, we had to close the store for at least part of a day 
and do inventory. And in those days, as I've already suggested, inventory was done by hand. We had to manually count every item. And of course, each item had its corresponding stock number. And then we would fill out a form to tell how many of this particular shirt we have and this particular pair of slacks that we had. I didn't like it for a couple of reasons. Number one, it was boring. And number two, I was on commission, which means I didn't make any money during inventory. But I was I was wise enough to understand that inventory mattered to the chain store that I, I worked in because without knowing what we had in stock and knowing where we were uh, as far as like moving that stock and selling it, and I, I understood that there could be loss without, without intention. So that's what the Bible tells us about our days. We're to number our days. You know, uh, oftentimes our lives blur when it comes to time. You know, there's this idea that, well, you know, time passes and we kind of lose track of it. And so the scripture tells us to inventory our days in order that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I, I wish I was wiser in understanding the scriptures because so many times I look at a scripture before I, I teach it or preach it. And I think, wow, there's just so much here. You know, some of you at New Spring have heard me say from time to time, I wish I knew how to preach. Well, you know, and you'll kid me and say, well, of course you know how to preach, Mark. But the reason I make that comment is there are times when I look at the Word of God and there's just so much here that I'm not sure I'm getting everything out of it. Look look at these two statements. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What it suggests is that unless unless and until we we really inventory our days and look at them one by one and measure uh, the importance and the impact of that day to our life, we really won't be able to make the choices that matter in our lives. So uh, one more time, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, over in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul uses a very similar expression. In fact, he uses it twice, once in the book of Colossians, and then the, the scripture that I'm going to read today from Ephesians chapter 5. The statement simply says, I'm in verse 16, redeeming the time, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Well, let's take that second part first so that we can go back to the main part in just a second. The word for evil there means the days are painful. Uh, the idea communicates that the times are set against God and they're wrong. And because they're wrong, they're painful. I was just reading the news a little while ago when I got up this morning about 5.30 and, and just looking at the things that are going on in our world. I don't know that I need too much of a Greek translation of that last part. The days are painful. They are painful. But Scripture tells us the answer to that is redeeming the time. Now, the word redeeming there is a very interesting word. It means to rescue from loss. I was trying to think about how to explain this. And this is not a good explanation, but it's the best one I can come up with. Suppose you put down a deposit on a time-sensitive deal. Suppose that uh, you put down a deposit and there's a seven-day uh, window for the deal to be finalized. And if seven days goes by and you fail to finalize the deal, you lose the deposit. You forfeit the deposit. Well, of course, you would want to be very careful as you got close to that fifth or sixth or seventh day to make sure that you didn't go across that deadline and not only lose the deal, but lose the deposit. That's about as close as I can get to giving you the actual Greek meaning of the word for redeeming there when the Bible talks about redeeming the time. It's suggesting that 
we could get so distracted that, well, that we lose our deposit of time. And so scripture says, make sure that you rescue from loss the time because these are very, very painful days. Well, to close out today, I thought I might just share with you two or three of the things that I think are enemies of our time, just things that can rob us of inventorying our time and also redeeming our time. (laughs) These are personal with me because as I look at my life, I've wasted a lot of good days, hours, maybe months and even years with these three things. And so let me give you my three and you may have some things that you want to talk about in your life where you felt like time slipped away from you uh, because of some enemy of time. For me, worry. (laughs) Worry is a big one. Uh, I think I've wasted a lot of my life worrying about things that never happened. And one of the problems with worrying is we can almost tend to suspend time because we're so focused on what we're worried about. Worrying is uh, mortgaging the future. It is, it is basically feeling somehow that something bad is going to happen to us in the future. And because we fear that, we actually don't pay attention to what's going on in our lives right now. The second one, this could be a little controversial, but technology. I think we have a special threat to time in our era because we are so surrounded by technology. Now, the moment I say that, I'm staring into a camera. You know, I've got uh, an iPhone here timing me. I've got my computer here. Technology is good and we're thankful for it. But if we're not careful, technology can begin to encroach into our lives and we'll miss some things that matter. I uh, had to have lunch by myself the other day. Uh, Mary Alice was wrapped up with, with her schedule. And so it was a rare day where I just <clears throat> had to go grab some lunch real fast before I could get back to the office. And so I was sitting by myself kind of over in a corner in this little restaurant and I, I looked up and a few tables away from me, there, there was a well-dressed young couple. I could look into, there were only two cars in the parking lot, mine and theirs. And I could see their car. It was a very, very expensive automobile. And this couple was there with their little boy. He looked like he was probably six years old, five, six, somewhere in that area. And as they sat there at the table, waiting for the order to come, both the man and the woman were completely engrossed in their cell phones. And the little boy sat there like no one else was at the table. You know, it it looked to me like he would have loved to have talked to his mom and dad, but his mom and dad were just absolutely wrapped up in what was going on in their cell phone. Now, you and I know that's not an isolated story. That's not an isolated event. In fact, it's almost become the norm in our culture. Now, for all of you who are young and you have kids, I'm going to sound like every old person you've ever heard in your life. But let me just tell you, it is true. That time goes away fast. And so I want to encourage us to be careful that we don't get addicted to technological devices so much so that we miss, as Paul says, the things that are really, really important. I want to talk to leaders right now because I think this third thing is a special problem with leaders. This is a special enemy of time. I don't know what else to call this. I'll just call it finish line mentality. And by the way, I'm not just talking, when I talk about leaders, I'm not talking about leaders of companies or leaders of organizations. All of us are leaders in some fashion. This could be true of college students. You know, I think one of the problems that I had when I was in college, I was trying to hurry up and get my degree and maybe not paying attention to actually learning as much 
as as uh, the opportunities presented themselves. It, it just simply means I, I got to hurry up and finish this so that I can get to this particular point. Um, I was li- listening to an old sermon, and I don't do that very often, but um, we were doing a particular series or we were uh, working on some kind of project for the future here. And I remember that I'd done a series on that topic probably 20 years ago. And so I just kind of wanted to go back and listen to what I said about the topic. And and I wound up telling kind of a story. I, I don't know if it's a story, it's just kind of an illustration, but I wound up telling a, a story, a personal story. And it was, it was kind of painful when I thought about it. <clears throat> I, I tried to imagine <laughs> what my funeral would be like, and <clears throat> and God has been good to me, and and there's so many wonderful things that have happened. I made so many friends, you know. I um, I thought, well, you know, when I die, there will be probably people that will think back on the life that I've been privileged to live, and and the things that have happened, and and the accomplishments that God has allowed me to have. And I thought, when people will walk past my casket, they may think back on those things that God allowed me to experience in my life. And then I talked about that moment uh, where everyone else had left the auditorium except just my family. And I thought as my boys walked past my casket, they would they would know some of the things that, many of the things that God had accomplished in my life. But I, I said in that sermon, I think they may say, I wonder if dad enjoyed the ride. I wonder if dad enjoyed the trip. There's a lot of painful truth in that. Because so much of my life has been, I need to get this done, I need to get this done, and when I get this done, everything's going to be okay. But by the time I got to that point, there were other things to accomplish, and so I've raced through my life. And I would just encourage all of us today, especially those of us who are leaders, not to get so wrapped up in the finish line that we forget to enjoy the journey. Here's the thing. Time matters. It's very important. And it may sound cliche, and I think sometimes things that sound cliche, sometimes we don't give enough attention to. So this is one of those. Recognize that we'll never get today back. Today is a gift from God. <laughs> I know the moment I say that, that sounds cliche. It sounds like a Hallmark card, and yet it is as true as your name is what it is. You will never get today back. Inventory it. Count it. So how can you use today wisely? Well, I think the Holy Spirit's going to give you the answer to that. And, and there'll be opportunities to come in your life that I'll know nothing about. And, and you'll have a sense of the Holy Spirit that this is the best usage of your time today. But let me just give you a baseline. You can never go wrong by giving part of your day to God. If you spend some time, like Mary Alice talked about the other day in the secret place, if you spend some time today with God in prayer and studying your Bible, you're going to be fine. (laughs) You won't ever have to regret spending part of your day doing that. And number two, you will never regret the time you spend loving and investing in others. That's just a good baseline. You'll know that if you spend some time with God today and you invest in loving somebody else, 10 years from now, if Jesus hasn't come, you'll be able to look back on today and say, at least I spent part of that day doing something that I'm glad I did. Well, Mary Alice and I'll be back soon to talk about other things that matter. And it is so important. Remember, Paul said, I want you to understand what really matters so that you can live a life that doesn't have debris and a life that doesn't hurt others. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. And we pray that we'll use it wisely that will inventory it so much so that we will think about 
think carefully about what we should do in this day. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to remember you and not get so distracted that we forget to take time with you. Help us to remember that time with you is never wasted, no matter how busy we are. And then, Lord, I pray that you would stir our hearts to show love, compassion, and to invest in the lives of others. We want to live lives that are lives without debris and lives that don't hurt others. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, one more time, Mary Alice and I'll be back. We're really having a good time with these things that matter. I hope that uh, you are too. And we'd love to hear from you. I mean, we'd love to hear you share your thoughts with us, uh, whether it's something about, you know, the topics that we've talked about, or maybe there's just been stuff in your life that now that you've got a little perspective, you think, wow, those are the things that really matter. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, just anything that's on your mind, it always is great. Mary Alice and I share those things oftentimes with our early morning coffee and Bible reading. It's always a privilege to hear from you. So until tomorrow, we'll see you. May God help us to use time wisely.